Welcome back to another episode of our Yasha Ministries Let's Wrap Podcast. I am so honored that you're taking the time out of your busy day to join us. And for those of you who may be listening for the very first time, welcome. I want you to know it is not by chance or coincidence that you have found this podcast, but it is the divine leading of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And today the Lord has ordered your steps right to our Yasha ministry, Let's Wrap podcast. Also for our first timers, if you have missed any of our previous Let's Wrap podcasts, no worries. There are over 134 Let's Wrap series on this podcast. Feel free to go back and listen to any one of those powerful sessions. And just in case you're wondering who I am, I am Elder Shanina Walker. And today on Let's Wrap, we're going to be covering a brand new powerful three-part series entitled A State of Unrest. Let's Wrap. Someone may be asking the question, Elder Walker, what are you talking about? What is a state of unrest? So let's just take a look. Let's just unpack that and see see exactly what it is God is saying to us today. So when we begin to look at what state means, a state is experiencing a sudden, unusual, unpleasant, or upset feeling because of something unexpected. I truly believe it is safe to say that in this year of 2020, we all have experienced a sudden, unusual, and I dare not leave out unpleasant, upsetting feeling because of something that has happened unexpected. Not only something that has happened, but things that are continuing to happen every day all around us. We all know it simultaneously, we are experiencing the wrath of this COVID-19. People are continually dying all around us. I hate to continue to go back and talk about COVID-19, but this is what we are experiencing. Many of us are having unpleasant and upset feelings, uneasy feelings regarding what's happening. So that leads me into unrest. So when we say a state, a state of unrest, unrest mean like of rest, restlessness, trouble, an uneasy state, disquiet. We know that David said in the Bible, Oh my soul, why are thou disquiet within me? Why are thou cast down? That means in an uproar, a disturbance, a turmoil, agitation. In this nation, not only your own nations, wherever you are in this world, but the entire world seems to be in a state of unrest, a state of trouble, a state of uneasiness. Our whole soul and everything around us seems to be disquiet. If we don't continue to keep our soul anchored in the Lord, it's so easy to be uh, drawn away by the disturbances or the turmoil, just the agitation of what's going on in this world around us. Not only this world in, in our cities, in our states, in our family. And that's exactly what we're covering today on Let's Wrap. We're talking about family unrest. One particular scripture that the Lord gave me in reference to this is coming from 2 Timothy, the third chapter and beginning at the first verse. It goes on to let us know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. I don't know if you know, and I've said this many times before, we are truly living in the last days. We are truly living in perilous times. The word of God goes on to say in the second verse, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covenants, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, 
unholy, and without natural affection. Those of you who listen to our Let's Wrap podcast know that I continually talk about exactly what that means. I love this particular scripture in 2 Timothy the third chapter. Why? Because we are truly living in the last days and it encompasses everything that we see going on in this world today. But when we begin to talk about what it means to be uh, or have unnatural affection, it is talking truly about the carelessness that we have regarding the welfare of those that we are connected to or tied to by blood. What am I saying? I'm saying it's referring to children no longer loving their parents properly. It's referring to parents no longer loving their children the way they ought to. It's simply referring to our inability or unwillingness to express affection naturally towards one another the way God ordained us to with an agape love. Just take a minute, think about it, and look at the state of your own family. You don't have to look around at someone else's family. You can just take a look in your own family and think back to where we used to be. Think back on how you were raised. Think about how we grew up. We can clearly see that we are living in the last days. It said men shall be lovers of them all, their own selves. That's exactly what's happening now. People are so in love with themselves that they're not taking the time to love one another the way God has told us to. Scripture goes on to tell us that men are covetous. Covetous meaning that they're having or showing a great desire to possess something that belongs to someone else. That starts in the family, y'all. Many times growing up, your brother or sister may have got something. Now you're coveting that and you want that which someone else have even in your own family. I've seen it again and again where families are trying to keep up with each other, trying to compete with each other. Your sister get a new house. Now you want a new house. Your sister get a new car. Now you want a new car. It's a covenant behavior that begins in the family. We are in a state of family unrest. It goes on to say boasters, boasting about what you have. The definition of boasters goes on to say a very boastful, a talkative person. It's talking about someone who's bragatory, always uh, boasting their ego or head swollen, uh, conceited, a self-centered person. It goes back to a person that is a lover of their own selves. And as we look back at 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, and that second verse, it leads us back to what all of that is about. And the bottom line is pride. Many times we are just full of pride, so proud that we can't love each other. Why? Because somehow we've gotten in our minds that we're somehow better than our own family members. How many of you have family members that act like they're better than you? Not only do many of our family members walk around with a pious attitude and refuse to love, but even worse, many of us walk around with a spirit of unforgiveness. We refuse to love. We refuse to forgive. We refuse to forgive for the minor infractions. We refuse to forgive what was done to us years ago. I'm telling you today, church, it's time to let it go. Time is not long as it has been. Look around at everything that's going on around us. I can't help but wonder, who have we become as a people? What has become of the state of the family? A family that loved God. A family that loved each other. Look around. I know you can relate to what I'm saying. Back in the days of old, we never really had these problems. Why? Because we put God first. Because God was the center of the household. We continued to pray together. A saying that my mom always told me, a family that prays together stays together. But what has happened to the state of the family? We have gotten so self-sufficient where we don't need God anymore. Second Timothy, the third chapter goes on to say, men shall be blasphemers. What exactly does that mean when it says blasphemers?
believers. It means a person who marks or derives the deity or religion is a person who claims to be God. We know that there are many types of belief systems out there. We know that we as a people, even you and your own family growing up, we only had the belief in one God, monotheism. We only believed in God, the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But we know that as time goes on, our family members start dibbling and dabbling and getting into all kinds of things that's not of God. We know when we look at pantheism, Pantheism, it states, is a doctrine that the universe is conceived of a whole God. It is saying that God is a combined substance and a force. It is a law. It manifests in existence in the universe. And we begin to worship the creature more than the creator. We begin to think that we are the master of our own world when we get into these different religions. We know that pantheists believe that there is no life after death. That in the sense that they are the ones who will survive. But I want you to know that the word of God tells us that it's appointed to man once to die. And after death is a judgment. I don't want anyone to get it twisted and not understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you die, you're going to stand before God and give an account what you have done in your body. Whether good or evil. And you're going to spend eternity somewhere. Your soul is going to spend eternity in hell. Or it's going to spend eternity with the father. We know there are certain religions that teach that we are all God, that we are create, we create our own realities. What do I say to that? I say what the word says, that you were created before the foundation of this world, that God knew you before you even exist, that he spoke you into existence, that your life is in his hands, that he is alpha and omega. He is beginning and the end. Your life has already been predestined by the word of God. Then there are those of our family members who have decided to believe in atheism. They believe that there is no God. I want you to know that the Bible tells us that a fool says in his heart, there is no God. I want you to know that God is, and he always was in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And for those who you may not know that word is Jesus Christ. There's no other name under the name on which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. It is a name that is exalted above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue must confess. So if you're listening to me right now and you found yourself tangled up and wrapped up in some type of ideology or form doctrine, I want you to know that at the name of Jesus, you're going to have to bow and your tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I beseech you therefore for a brother right now that you turn your hearts back to God. Those who are listening to me right now, I submit to you today that the family is in a state of unrest. And just why is our family in a state of unrest? Because second Chronicles of seven and 14 tells us that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive their sins and I will heal the land. Our land is in need of healing. Our families is in need of healing. He said, if we would just pray, if we would seek his face, he would heal us. He would heal our families. I'm telling you the truth, church. It's not hard to look around and see that we are in a mess. We can look around all around our own families and we can see division. We can see backbiting. We can see the betrayal. We can see the slander and the selfishness, the malice that goes on within families, the disobedience of children. Children are never satisfied. No matter what you give them, they always want more. They're unthankful. They're unholy. See this going on all around us. Uh, young men are just killing each other one after the other, killing innocent people, innocent babies. Again and again, we're asking the question, why is this happening? We're asking 
asking the question, when will this stop? I want you to know today it's happening because there's a breakdown in the family. And not only is there a breakdown in the family, but as in Joshua 7 through 9 chapter, there's sin in the camp when Achan has sinned and he did those things that God had forbid them to do. When he brought back things to the camp that was not pleasing in God, I want you to know today that we have to be careful. We have to know what's going on in our households. Be aware of what's coming in your camp. Be aware of what's happening around you. What is it that you're doing? What is it that your children doing? When they're sitting in the camp, God is not pleased. The family is in a state of unrest. We need to get back to praying in our households. And until we get back to the basics, until we get back to the Bible, until we get back to the meat of the word and begin to train our child up in the way it should go from the time they're young, it's going to continue to happen again and again. I submit to you today, our family is in a state of unrest. It's time to pray for our families. It's time to get on our knees. Like never before in these last and evil days, we're going to have to cry loud and spare not when it comes to the lives of our children. When it comes to the lives of our grandchildren, we're going to have to intercede and plead on behalf of our family because our families are in a state of unrest. In conclusion, there's one thing that we can find confidence in and that is there's nothing new under the sun. The Bible tells us throughout the Bible that there were many families that found themselves going through family unrest. I'm reminded of the story of David when it came to his son Absalom. Now instead of Absalom taking on the strength and the characteristics of his father, we found that Absalom was full of pride and greed and he tried to seize David's throne. We also got a glimpse of family unrest when it came to the story of Jacob. We know that the name Jacob itself meant surplanter. We also know that Jacob stole his uh, brother's birthright. Not only did he steal his brother's birthright, but he deceived and tricked him out of a blessing. We know in the story of Jacob that it got so bad that his brother wanted to kill him. And fearing Esau, Jacob had to be sent away to go live with his uncle Laban. We saw that throughout that story, he decided later on to reconcile with his brother. But we know throughout the story that reconciliation didn't come without change. He allowed God to work on him. And after God began to work on Jacob, God not only changed his character, but we see in the scripture that God changed his name. No longer was he called Jacob, but he was called Israel. Why? Because the Bible tells us that he wrestled with God all night long. I stopped by to tell you today that some of you just need to get on your knees and begin to wrestle with God so that God might come in and change your character, but not only change your character, but change your name to bring about a newness in your life, to bring about a newness in your family. We have to know that we know that no matter what's going on in the dynamics of our family, that it's only going to be God who can bring reconciliation to our families. It's going to be only God who can bring healing to your family members. It's going to be God and God alone who can deliver us in the time of a storm. It's going to be only God who can deliver us from COVID-19. It's going to be only God who can deliver us from a failing economy, which brings me to the story of Joseph. I'm reminded of a story of Joseph where there was a failing economy in the land where there was a famine all throughout the land. And we know the story of Joseph, where his brothers envied him. His brothers hated him. They hated him so much, devised a plan to kill him. They were going to put him in a pit and let him die. But God said, not so. And we know in the story that his brothers sold him into slavery, that he became a victim of trafficking before trafficking even exists. Joseph got sold down in Egypt and he found himself in a house of Potiphar. Not long after he found himself, 
himself in a prison. Not long after he found himself in a prison, he found himself in the palace. I want you to know today that no matter what you're going through, no matter what's going on in your family, no matter how much a family unrest you're going through, God can take your family from the prison to the palace. You just got to hold on and keep your eyes on God. We know the story of Joseph and we know that in the end, the famine came in the land. Like right now, we're going through a situation where our economy is all jacked up. Millions of people are on unemployment. Many people are going through. In Texas, there's line at the line of people at food banks trying to get food for their family. And throughout the United States and all around the world, there's similar situations. Businesses are going under. Families are suffering. People are going through at this very moment. But I want you to know today that God knows you. He called you by name. He knows right where you are. He's able to provide. He said he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. So those very same people, Joseph's very own family, the same ones that tried to kill him, the same ones that threw him in a pit, the same ones that sold him into slavery, those same ones had to come and bow down to Joseph. Those same ones had to come and admit that they were wrong. And Joseph not being uh, hard-hearted in the goodness of his own heart, he went on to say that what you meant for bad, God meant it for the good. I just want you to know today that no matter what it is you're going through, everything that the enemy has meant for your bad, God is going to turn it around for your good. Why do I know? Because he said in Romans 8 and 28 that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and them who are the called according to his purpose. If you have been called according to God's purpose, God is turning around for your good. So you can rest assured that no matter what it is that you're going through, that God has his hands on you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. I just want you to know today that God is still in control. God still sits on the throne. Your life is in his hand. So in the midst of whatever family unrest you're going through, no matter what situation you're facing, God is able to bring you out. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, God, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you today, Father, because we know you are king. You are Lord, oh God. You sit on the throne, oh God. You are still in control. No matter what it is we're faced with, no matter what it is we're going through, God, we will trust in you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, we thank you. We thank you for families everywhere, God. We thank you for those who are going through at this very moment. Those who are suffering, oh God. Those who are bereaved, oh God. Those who have lost loved ones, oh God. Those who are strange, where there's division in the household, where the enemy has come in and put a wedge between them. God, we pray right now that you will bring reconciliation, oh God, to every household, oh God. God, you will give us a spirit of forgiveness, oh God. Help us, oh God, not to hold on to weights, oh God, and sins that do so easily beset us, but we will release those things, oh God. Release the pains of our past, oh God. Those hurtful situations, oh Father. Touch right now, God. Touch every heart, every mind, oh God. In the name of Jesus, help us to love like you told us to love, oh God. Oh God, help us, Father. We need you like never before, God. We know, God, that you are on our side, and you said if you be for us, you're more than the whole world against us. 
God, we thank you today, oh Father, for the family unit. We thank you for what you're doing, oh Father. We know you love families, oh God. You ordained it before the foundation of this world, oh God. Even in the garden of eating, you set it up in place, oh God. Help us to take our rightful seats, oh God. Help us, oh God, to put the family in the order that you have designed it to be, oh God. Help us, oh God, to know that a threefold cord is not easily broken, oh God. Help us to bring prayer back into our houses like never before, God. Help us to intercede, oh God. Help us to stand in the gap, oh God, and plead for our children and our grandchildren, God. Help us to acknowledge you in all our ways, oh God, that you might continue to direct our path. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we bless your great name. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. I do thank each and every one who thought it not robbery today to take time out of your lives to listen to part one of this dynamic series entitled A State of Unrest. This has been part one, Family Unrest. I do pray that you'll come back and hear part two as well as part three of this three-part series. We want you to go to Facebook, if you have not done so, to be a part of our Facebook family at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. And please, 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 don't forget to join us on YouTube at Yasha Ministry on YouTube. We also have a group page on Facebook, which is Let's Wrap Relationships on Facebook. As always, I want you to know that I love you, Elder Walker love you, but God will always love you more. Until the next time, have a blessed day.